listening to Seeing the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made. Probably for good reason. Well, we made it. This is our 50th episode. And we're going off-piste. We're going unplugged. We're going to talk about what's worked, what hasn't worked, favourite moments, and of course, worst moments. And, as ever, alongside me, three men, if you can call them that, I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. Welcome back, guys. Well, you made it. Halfway house, 50%. It's our 50th episode. And uh, what we want to do this one, we wanted just to have a bit of a catch up about looking back and just picking favourite moments, worst moments, that sort of thing. Obviously, we're all cinema nuts. I mean, if you followed us from now, you're getting to know our tastes about what we like, what we don't like. But genuinely, we really adore cinema and everything it stands for. And it gives us a chance to be slightly creative. But I will say it does not always go to plan. And really, that's what I wanted to do in this episode is to sort of have a catch up and sort of see best moments, but more importantly, worst moments. So who wants to kick things off with uh, current, let's just call it current state of play where we've been. Any thoughts, guys? Um, well, well, I, I was, I was, um, I, I was a bit worried. I think when um, I think there are some of us in the group who are a bit worried. This like a little behind the scenes little uh, expose. That we're a bit worried that like we'd maybe just keep doing a certain kind of film because it was easy for us, but we haven't done that. I think and like pushing the boundaries on what kinds of films, like old films, new films, foreign films, animated films. Serious films, like dumb comic book films. Um, we've done it all, really. So I guess, what am I trying to say? I guess that's like a sales pitch. That's a, that's, that's a sales pitch. So if that's you, if, if you, if you like any kind of cinema, you should listen to seeing the sequel because it's got something for you. <laughs> Brilliant. So we started with an advert. Anyone else got anything to add? No, well, yeah, I think you're right, though. But then... Um, who, Go some, on, I'll pick one so, of yours. No, you start off. Well, one of them would be the Hitchcock film we did. John's idea for that was fucking great. Bird World. Oh, what fucking genius idea. That was, I'm just still upset. I still go to bed at night. And I'm sometimes, I'm sort of going through the production design of that in my head. I'm like, ooh, that we, maybe we mentioned that we had like a little baseball team. I was like imagining, because the whole town would sort of be like a bird's nest, but a humanized yeah, exactly. bird's nest. Like, so the cars would somehow be made out of twigs. Exactly. Instead. Twists and like... You know, fluff from other animals like sheep <laughs> but, look, and dogs. But that and goes it. back to fucking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. When I came up with my wooden city does. idea, so that's another thing. I, I bump. I, I love that idea, um, but maybe because maybe because for some reason I absolutely love wooden cities. For some reason, I don't know what's going on. We did it in Avatar with Nav Vegas. We turned oh, yeah. the Navi into like a, a, a whorehouse, oh, a strip shit, club, yeah. and a Las Vegas. Uh, Jesus, we're thing. not original at all, are we? <laughs> um, cities, cities come up okay. You know, Joe, what are you saying? What's the question? What's my favourite episode? Well, I guess so. I haven't really got a question, but yeah, what's your favourite? I think my favourite episodes in general are the ones where where we actually, where like, I feel almost like we should, uh, you know, take take a, a couple of these to like the next level. You know, like start start writing some of these into treatments and building them out a little bit. They're my favourite episodes, so... I think um, Notting like, Hill, like definitely right up there as a as a like I can see that happening. I think it's pretty solid. Truman Show, um, I know that was like the big one. We were all worried about going into it, uh, thinking why why make a sequel to the Truman Show and the the idea that Truman um, 
you know, that, that Laura Linney's character was pregnant when he left uh, the show. Right, um, uh, you know, yeah, and picking it up 20 years later where he's a 20 year old, he's replaced Truman, he's Truman Jr. in the same world, I think is a, is a setup that is just deserves to be written. Bonus points for it giving uh, birth to our one of our favourite regular cast members as well, Timothy Chamele. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think that was the first was role, first of many roles we gave him. Um, 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 Sean Connery didn't make it into the Truman Show, did he? But uh, Timothy Chamelay was, the, I think, it was his first role. We'll have yeah. to re-record the Truman Show. <laughs> what was um, what was the Notting Hill episode? I'd, I've forgotten what we came up with. Uh, oh, he's, he's a writer. He oh, he goes to China. He's a right. No, he's a right. That was, that was, China that, was like your little, like, you know, random. <laughs> that was the one that got scrapped, John. <laughs> oh, so yeah. yeah. I don't think, I don't think he went to China. So, he's, so I just remember we made him a Hollywood writer because he ran a bookshop. Yeah. He was a Hollywood writer. <laughs> right. So he, he has written, um, the screenplay for like Notting Hill, his true life story where he falls in love with Anna Scott and it's being made into a big Hollywood oh, movie. Where so it's it, you know it's got lots of like the in world stuff you know like like the first movie had all the cutaways to the oh yeah Scott it was called movies. Big Ben wasn't it and it's, we changed the character terrible <laughs> no, but it's, we, we changed the I'm character's not, name to Ben I'm not saying I'm not saying it was perfect maybe it needs some work but I think the core idea of it was pretty fucking good I'm glad you were uh, mentioned the Truman Show as well because. Um, I said to you I was going to mention this if I could. The At the beginning of that, we talk about Peter Weir. And you get a few knocks, Joe, regarding Master and Commander and saying it's a five-star movie. So I've, um, since, you know, there's been a pandemic, we've had time to watch films. I've since re-watched Master and Commander. And that's, it's a, fanta- it's a fantastic film. I loved it. So I, I, I accept... Oh, I accept I was wrong and um, and good for you for being behind it straight away, mate. I mean, we've, we've really struggled with, or we've had anxiety, I think, going into some episodes. I think that's fair to say, uh, you know, how the hell, I mean, we did Shaun of the Dead. That was a good one. One of my favourites. I think, you know, something that's so iconic. How are you going to top it off? Well, let's just put the boys on going on the, on the smash for one last time, but Ed's still a zombie. That's fine. Brilliant. Tilda Swinton's a little bit angsty. Fine. Ed's just killing and eating people. Brilliant. I think sometimes it just, it just happens. The Truman show was great because you could do it for today's generation where it would be on YouTube. It'd be live stream 24 seven. And I think one of the ideas we had was that a channel, just a live channel just appears on YouTube now as promo in real time and it's real world Truman that you can actually look at almost like a big brother. That's right. So it, we reinvented cinema at the final, like just before the pitch. <laughs> didn't we? Like the the it, way you experience any film is now like, yeah. you know, different. And we, we did that. Yeah. But so did it, it happen? New, did it was it a new medium. <laughs> we created a new medium. <laughs> and here we are a year later and everyone's, uh, everyone's using it. Still haven't made any money out of it. Like. <laughs> yeah. So, I've, I mean, it hasn't always been easy. One of the hardest ones I thought that we had to do, uh, animations, I think, are always slightly hard. I don't know why. They always feel a bit hard. I had a lot of issues going into Soul. I really thought that that was going to be one of the hard ones to do, generally, because it's it's just such a complete 
film in its own right. Well, you ever, I, you ever I, that as well? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think animated films, certainly the Pixar ones that we've done, Wally, Soul, they're, they're very sentimental, aren't they? They have like a very sentimental core, a very kind of uh, human, like what's good for humanity kind of message. And so trying to do a sequel to those with our, it just descends into dumb chaos most of the time can maybe sometimes fill you with trepidation before going in i also i also agree that they're they're a little bit intimidating going in because they are like like overwhelmingly creative films Mm. um and we're not that you know i mean one day we'll be writing for pixar i'm sure but that you know that they are like incredibly creative films to try and match that in half an hour uh, is an intim- it's an intimidating prospect. I guess the ones we've chosen as well are the ones without sequels because we 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 on this podcast at the moment we only do films that haven't haven't had any sequels. So all those Pixar films that haven't had sequels always have kind of a whole arc to them, right? They you know mm. the you know they, they they're perfect, aren't they? Yeah, they're exactly. They're like you know they just they 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 uh, they, 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 they the end the, snow globes. Exactly the end. Yes, this is exactly the way I'd put it, John. Um, <laughs> The the end um, is very much final, predominantly. Um, so yeah, I, I thought Soul was quite uh, was quite sweet in the end. I thought that was the better of the two we did. We did Wally as well. That was better. We're going back to Shaun of the Dead. I thought um, it was quite good because John had a good idea for that as well, and I thought we had two good titles. And suddenly, I started thinking. Like Joe said, he gets excited when there's one you should take to the next level. I'm not saying we should give fucking Edgar a call. But we've you got know, his number though, if we wanted to, <laughs> yeah. just permanently tweeting him. <laughs> um, no, but like basically, suddenly it was like, okay, so you could set one 15 years later, and that could be Night of the Living Ed. Fantastic title. I'm sure people would be very excited if they heard that title. Then you could set one and make one another 20 years in the future when they're even older and do that. And call that one 28 Sean's later, which was your idea, John. And suddenly... Oh, it was like 400 years later. Well, yeah, but it, we'd make it another 20, whatever. But like my point is, suddenly you've got this sort of possibility that it could be this long trilogy. And that doesn't sound horrific to me. Whereas, obviously, before we before we had a chat about it, I would have said, and there's no chance there's ever going to be a sequel to Sean of the Dead. And I don't, I don't want title. to either. No, it, you're right, Al. It hinges on the title. A Night of the Living Ed, I my ears are prick up like, and you just know you wouldn't even have to know it was Shaun of the Dead if you heard Night of the Living Ed you'd know instantly what it was about wouldn't you what that it was the sequel yeah well you'd know it was about zombies as well because yeah. of the Romero sort of how famous yeah and you'd know it was a comedy straight away it's not as good as one of Joe's other titles Armageddon 2 Turbo <laughs> I would be, I would be by, you know, I'd be clicking, I'd be clicking refresh on the IMAX page if that was coming out. I'll tell you that. I'd be, yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd be all over Armageddon 2 Turbo. I'd be booking tickets straight well, away. We, and it's, we said it, everything sounds better if you put Turbo on the end of it. Yeah, oh, yeah basically well, that's the deal. Yeah. Well, start, yeah, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Armageddon 2 Turbo is brilliant. So what was the idea for that? You'd have NASCARs on the asteroid with their ridiculous talk. Well, it's two asteroids. the asteroids around. It was, it was the wheels. same asteroid coming back because it had gone through, like each half had gone around Venus and Mars, right? So there were two missions. Oh, <laughs> and was it Venus and Mars? This is even more high concept than I remember it. I thought it was the moon. No, it's the same arm again. It's the same asteroid. Oh, and they split. One goes around Venus, one goes around Mars. Exactly. Two, right. two halves. Um, so, uh, and then, yeah, somehow NASCAR get involved because this time they've got to like drill 
sort of so, g- g- like drill around yeah. it. So sort of. <laughs> well, no, it's because they've yeah. Mo- I think it was multiple points, and they need to be able to speed from like one point to another. And they're like, well, our dr- our drills are never going to be able to do this. <laughs> he was still alive, isn't he? Who's still alive on the uh, Big Harry Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis was still alive. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Living off no. rations, and <laughs> he survived. A, he survived a nuclear blast. Uh, <laughs> need, need, maybe it needs a bit of work, but I think there's something in it. I'll tell you what I liked, uh, Parasite. I mean, in terms genuinely uh, <laughs> the things that we were going to pitch, I, I, we started off, well, look, 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 hang on. We started off Parasite with this whole idea that a German ambassador moves in and his dad's still downstairs and he comes and he's got influence and suddenly it turns into a face. And it went from that into Oktoberfest and it took a left turn. I didn't see it coming. And we started off with something like, huh, this is actually yeah. pretty good. Well, oh, yeah. I, I was worried. That was definitely one of the ones I was worried, like, what are we going to do here? Like this, this film, so revered, you know, intelligent movie. How are we going to do it? Um, but yeah, we, we had it all, didn't we? We had no. political intrigue. We had, <laughs> we had danger. We had people getting pissed for basically no reason for the entire film. Like, what's, what's not to like? There was a lot of sausages in it, weren't there? Oh, there yeah. Was, yeah, well. <laughs> there was a lot of sausages. There was like link, someone getting strangled with a link of sausages or something like that. Well, that, that brings me on to uh, <laughs> Lamb Shank Redemption, where they're just cooking lamb constantly and serving lamb on the beach. In, Mexi- red, in Mexico, roast lamb. And red and Andy's Lamb Shack <laughs> on the beach. They're importing their lamb from New Zealand to their illegal hideaway in Mexico. <laughs> Did that make the final cut? The, yeah. the lamb no, shank? No, it wasn't the t- like, It wasn't about the lamb. We went with our storyline of remember they they go they break back into Shawshank to infiltrate and no and Red gets because he's out legally. Red um Red gets a job there so he can help oh, out. Yeah. So Andy goes back in as a crook, and Red um luckily gets the job that's going as the new prison guard there. And I think if I remember correctly from that episode, I think we joke about the lamb within that idea. And at the end, John's big ending was that they're all back at, in Mexico on the beach and a truck just, <laughs> truck just arrives and a guy runs on the window and he's like, where do you want the lamb? Mate? <laughs> where should I put the lamb? I'd watch that as an infinitely better film than Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what the big news out of it was that it came out that you don't like it. I fucking don't. I just think it's an average film. Very yes. average. Look, so the weird. thing about this, the thing, we, you, we all like different things, right? Uh, and everyone likes films for different reasons, art, music, you like what you like. I just think, uh, it's, it's a cliche, isn't it? Who would you have at your guest at a dinner party? Oh, I'd have Stephen Fry. What's your favourite film? Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's like, how much cinema have you seen to make that one of your favourite films? Yeah, but you're, yeah. Ju- you're, just, you're just full of shit because you go around saying, oh, it, 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 art is art, each to their own, each to their own, then you just completely take the piss and judge out of someone. Yeah, of each to their own, but no, they're wrong. No, Al, if anyone is listening to this and your favourite film is The Shawshank Redemption, idiot. Also, also Stephen Fry taking uh, unprovoked hits as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I regret not putting uh, Stephen Fry in The Shawshank Redemption 2 now. Uh, listen, there is no wrong answer. Ultimately, that's the thing, isn't it? We could all justify it. So I tell you what, um, we've got, obviously we're 50 episodes down now. Uh, we've all got, you probably could tell from the things that we like, you know, there, there's the big nineties hitters in the camp. There's the off key films, animations, you know, foreign cinema, cult classics. I mean, 
I've got some films that I'm really looking forward to doing, but it's it's kind of like we all have to agree them on the podcast. You boys ever seen Dust Devil? Only uh, no, you've to- you've asked me that like fucking a hundred times. I mate. tell you, man, I no. tell you, it's Richard Stanley, uh, and it's just badass. I'm looking forward to doing that. You boys got anything that you really want to do that you're sort of holding well, back? Well, I want to do Dust Devil so that I can just, no matter what I think of it, just tell you it's absolutely. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> Finally, shut you up. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a few. I've got a few. I want to do uh, some more '90s classics. I want to do the Faculty. Yes, that's on my list. That that deserves. And we haven't done a Robert Rodriguez film yet, have yeah. we? Ooh. No. Right, so, no so, so he needs to be done. And the Faculty is fucking brilliant. So I'd love to love to have a go at that. I'd really enjoy rewatching that. I don't think I've seen that in well over. You know, oh, I don't know. Awesome. I've not oh, watched it a lot. Seen that's like one of the films I've seen the most. Times I've never seen it. I well look maybe we'll save it for the episode but I remember watching it I rented it from our local video shop and we watched it once and then another friend came over my friend Nathan came over uh, and he didn't watch it the first time and we put it on immediately we just watched it back to back same film twice that's that cool yeah, I, like, I like that um, was that from Laser Hi-Fi that was Laser Hi-Fi your video uh, shop yeah. yeah that came out when I was 13, 14. I remember that was one of the films that I saw at cinema that I was definitely too young. Snuck in, didn't I? Well, sneak in, but just like didn't get ID. Snuck in? Hello? (laughs) One ticket, please. Well, if I was snuck in, I wouldn't say hello, one ticket, please, would I? (laughs) Go on. What else, Joe? Uh, The other big one that I want to do is Waterworld. But I am aware that we have done a Kevin Reynolds film already. We've done a We've already done another Kevin Costner, Kevin Reynolds film. Um, so we're going to have to probably wait on that one. But um, boy, oh boy, do I love Waterworld. Yeah, the Kevin, yeah, Kevin Costner thing. I mean, I guess that was, it seems like Waterworld is asking for it in a way. You're right. <laughs> you are right. Um, go on the Kevin Costner front. I wouldn't mind Field of Dreams. I've always been a fan of that. Um Dances with Wolves a bit too... Oh, God. It'll be, Dance with Wolves <laughs> be, a slug, be a slug. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a part of me that really wants to take on, like, the most ludicrous thing you can imagine. You know, like like Dances with Wolves. Like, Dust Devils? Oh. Like, like Dust Devils. <laughs> like, Sh- like Schindler's List. All right, no, not Schindler's List. Um, but, you know, like, just those big, you know, The English Patient. I don't know, films that are just so... Those, tricky, those, yeah, those, those no, yeah, but not even that. Just the ones that make you go, oh god, yeah. Like you just think best picture as soon as you mention it. Well, you want Cinema Paradiso, right? Is that still high on your list to do? That's very high on my list to do, just because it's one of my favourite films. Yeah. Um, again, a lot like you know, a sentimental film like the Pixar ones we were just mentioning. You know, the story feels very quite complete at the end of the original. So, uh, um, you know, not, best not, ending I think to any film I've ever seen. I'd go, I'd go along with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, not because I've got an idea, just because, um, you know, I wouldn't mind rambling about it for a bit. Um, nice. I think, so I, I want to do some, uh, one of the two just like hard hitting Sam Peckinpah films, so over the wild bunch or straw dogs and just see, see like how, mm. how can we do a sequel to something that's already so just absolutely brutal. Like, yeah, Straw Dogs got that awful remake, didn't it? You know, it's, it's just did get a remake, well, James Marsden. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'd be, I'd be more interested in doing the world bunch just because I like the characters and we haven't done many westerns, but Straw Dogs also 
Um, Amazing film. What a film. Well, yeah, and just so character centric as well. Even even though it even though it gets all of like the hits and all of the the chat around how like brutal a couple of scenes are, like it's the characterization of like just people in fear and how they act and how their personas change when under extreme fear conditions is what's interesting about those films. So, yeah, hard hitting, blood soaked, serious <laughs> films for me. Well, on that, Mandy. Uh yeah yeah but yeah I, mean, I have I seen yeah I've seen Mandy once since we watched it together um yeah it's crazy I mean it's not as good as like Straw Dogs or The World but it's like it's like sillier isn't it it's more like pulp kind of cinema but like yeah I mean it suits us for sure okay guys so uh, we're sort of going to start rounding things up but nevertheless what we thought we'd do we just do some quick fire round just to sum it up uh, and close it off so. How well do we know our own show? <laughs> That's the question. So let's do one-on-one. Ready? I'm going to call it out. Ow. Dr. Strangelove, hit me with a pitch. Go. Oh, that was easy. One quite recently. That is um, year 99 inside the mine. And um, all they're doing is preparing for war. Um, the whole time they're down there. And when they finally launch, they realise that uh, they made a terrible mistake and it wasn't a nuclear holocaust and Chinese were taking over. And at the very end, they see the Russian rocket and the Russians are doing exactly the same, just preparing for war for the entire 100 years. Um, okay, John, last action hero. <laughs> Bloody hell, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I presume it was something about they go back into another movie and then it's real and then the stuff's happening to them again and then the movie stars being pulled out of real and then, then the movie stars are in real life and then all shit kicks off. Can, I help, can, I, help, can I help him out here? Yeah, Joe, Joe, help me out. Joe, you can steal. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to steal with the ending. Uh, that's what I remember. I remember the ending, which is a multiplex cinema where they're going in and out of like every different movie, pulling out like stereotypes from the Western, from uh, like the superheroes, like the evil villain in like horror movies. And, and then it, it culminates on like some kind of big, uh, you know, it's like action fight in in the movie theater that's right it was a war set in la like sort of in a studio down the road from multiplex and they pulled all the cliches out of every film so it was like the heroes of every film versus the the villains oh, yeah. of every film on, on the str- yeah. on, you know, on, on sunset oh, now you're going on joe go. oh, all right joe you're ch- you you get to uh, uh give one to someone else uh okay uh curry hit me with mrs doubtfire Oh, amazing. There's a bakery, uh, they open up and there's a cover for a gang and they're, and they're using it as a front for drugs and uh, the kids get together and they find Mrs. Doubtfire's outfit and they're now, I think they're in the police and essentially we are reuniting Seth Rogen, I think Danny McBride's in it, I think, but ultimately cops dressed up as old women uh, and uh, I think Seth Rogen's sister and the sister in the film owns a bakery opposite the bakery, but they start trying to turn it into a weed bakery and everyone's just getting absolutely blunted. And it's just highlights of just three old women, t- uh, a gang of old Mrs. Doubtfires chasing down criminals uh, and just being badass. Do you remember what it's called? Smoking that, weed. That one should have been uh, in the, the good title conversation. Do you remember when that one was called? Doubtfire PD. Oh, was it that? Or was it Detective Doubtfire? <laughs> 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 uh, All right, John, you better get this one. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. Uh, oh, my God, this was a recent one John, as well. you're so shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
um, fuck, this is a recent one. Yeah. Uh, so they get on, so they move to New York and they, they get involved with like Scorsese and Elvis is trying to make his comeback tour. Um, and um, come on, man! Clint, um, Clint, he doesn't Clint. get the Oscar, and he's bummed about it. Oh and so- yeah, yeah, yeah! He's trying to get the Oscar, and he's bummed about it. And then he <laughs> makes some films with Martin Scorsese and Woody Allen. Did we say? I think we said Woody Allen. Um, Woody uh, Allen to try to like prove himself as like a gritty New York, like part of that up and coming. You know, like move from like, all the all the talent, all, all the creativity move from Hollywood to New York in like the seventies. Um and and yeah yeah he helps Elvis because Elvis needs to come back and then someone... there's a big kung fu fight at the end you and there's a Clint big kung fu and... fight at the end and Clint wins probably and it... then the uh... who's Clint Clint wins all <laughs> 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 right I think I nailed that one he's not um, even in the film. right Cliff, <laughs> right it's Cliff not Clint Cliff, I said I corrected myself <laughs> to Cliff anyway I right, I think it's pretty clear that I listen to all these episodes about five six seven times after they come out. <laughs> Um, all right, my go. Um, Al, Princess Bride. Ooh, I, all I remember, <laughs> Princess Bride, I remember we, we spent a lot of time on the, uh, the sort of, the, the, the Wonder Years and Columbo side of it, didn't we? Like how we got back into the story. Um, I think, uh, I think he went into a library and to start with, he started going into all sorts of different books and we showed the opening to loads of different books. He went into the, re- he went into the restricted section, didn't he? Yeah. The, uh, the, the restricted fairy tale. There was a lot of porn jokes. Oh, oh yeah, you mean the, porn the, libra- section, so. the librarian had the secret stash of he was in the restricted section they had a whole section just for porn and the like <laughs> and actually for the story of the princess bride I can't quite remember but is it something along the lines of uh, the princess gets taken again I'm, this is you've picked a bit uh, of a black yeah, she, gets, she gets taken annually doesn't she yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, yeah that's gets, right she it's gets like kidnapped ch- every single year he has to rescue her every single year yeah and this is the first time that their daughter I think uh, comes of age and is taken instead of oh. her Oh, was it? Was it that? I thought that the princess still got taken, and then the dad and the daughter became like the badass superhero comedy. Oh, that might be actually. To... It's like Kickass. It's like um, you know. I can't remember, but I actually had a uh, while while we're on Princess Bride. I had a um, what I think is a much better idea for a Princess Bride sequel. Like as soon as we stopped oh, recording, okay. I was like, "All right, I've actually got, got a good idea." Do a pitch. Um, so same same setup, right? Goes into the library asking for the Princess Bride. He wants a copy of the Princess Bride to read to his uh, child. Um, the librarian says, "I've never heard of that book," and looks it up, and he discovers that the book never existed. So it he he realizes that uh, Columbo, his grandfather, <laughs> made it up. Um, he made up the uh, the book, so he goes home and he rewrites, he pens uh, the Princess Bride. So it's part re- He's trying to retell it as much as he can remember it, but his memory isn't very good because he was eight at the time. So it is part remake, part reboot, part sequel. Um, as in you've got some of the lines and some of the dialogues and some of the characters that maintain the same, but then enough has changed because he needs to reinvent it for a new audience. Oh, but not uh, only that, it's because he can't quite remember it maybe yeah. as well. That's quite clever. It can't have been a good story in the first place. You can't remember no, it. Well, you can, you know, well, it can, it maybe not word for word though, Curry. 
I get where he's <laughs> I get where he's going with it. So I like that. Oh. So basically, it's a way of getting a reboot that's like a different, but there's a there's a narrative reason for it being a different version of the original film. Yeah, it's not quite a re. It's not quite a remake. It's not quite a, a, a reboot, and it's it's kind of a sequel. That's clever. I like that, mate. Yeah, it's a shame you didn't. It's a shame you didn't come up with that one when, yeah, we, when we did it. it. Sh- <laughs> oh well. So there you go, Princess Bride. So I think that pretty much proves that some episodes you could rewrite, and we have thought about going back uh, and doing some of them before. Uh, and that's just an example, I guess, of another one of your crazy ideas, Joe. Is it a reboot? Is it a sequel? Is it a re-sequel? I mean, something we haven't talked about uh, yet, but, you know, we've always seen the sequel of single films. At some point in the future, we might decide to do a sequel to a sequel. That's controversial, though, and I think that's going to need a lot more discussion under the belt. So uh, I guess I just want to leave it as uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Anything you want to say to the listeners, guys? This is your big moment. This is it. Go on, they're listening. Go. Ready? Thanks, (laughs) Mum. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to say that I'm surprised. I'm as surprised as I am, great. Oh, that's really heartfelt. Wow. Go on, Al. Now, just say, yeah, like, you know, um, we really enjoy doing it, so I hope people enjoy listening to it. You know, the fact we've done 50 is, uh, is really cool. So, And, you know, thanks to you boys as well. And I think that just leaves us to say, on the count of three, we need to say goodbye to everyone. One, two, three. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you for the next 50. Oh, cheers, guys. <laughs>